Good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to another Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation's Young Lions Jazz Mass Virtual Sessions. I am your guest host today, Michael Canodal, and I'm joined by none other than the professor, Brandon Robertson. Guess what today's topic is? What's today's topic? How to transpose a chart mm. from a rhythm section perspective, huh? Well, as you know, Professor is an awesome, awesome basis. I mean, and a great educator. So you know he's gonna drop some jewels today. He's gonna drop some Try. knowledge. Uh, I think he said this is geared towards some of our younger musicians, yeah. maybe the yeah. high schoolers. And I, whether you're a seasoned musician or not, you know, we're always gonna spread some knowledge here and we want your feedback. So guess yes. what? You can always check out our sessions at our website, www.clearwaterjazz.com slash education. Check out all these free sessions we have coming up. And if you have any future session topic suggestions, we would love to hear from you. You can just go to and just email us at info at clearwaterjazz.com. So professor, before we get started, you know, we, we have to, have to thank our sponsors. Oh, yeah, so, of course. Yeah, be sure to check out the studio archives and our website and, and the education outreach section. And that's brought to you by our friends over there, Blue Water Wealth Management at Stewart Partners and Duke Energy, as well as the Young Lines podcast available wherever you stream. And that's brought to you by our friends at Marine Max Clearwater. You can search wherever you stream. Uh, just make sure you search Young Lines Jazz Master Virtual Session. So, some of my favorite past sessions from the professor is uh i'm just going to name a few because he's okay. done so many uh how about how to put together your gig calendar man that was a good one that was amazing I, I, it's that's so important one. whether you're a professional or upcoming professional because this could be your livelihood but let's keep going how to listen to a rhythm section that was golden because if you're a soloist and you don't listen then we all know what's going to happen with that. Here's another one's a favorite. New ways to practice. Make it fun. The What I Love About Sirius, Christian McBride, you name it. The professor has always brought some great knowledge to us. So Appreciate if you don't know who he is, I'm going to give you a little bit about his bio, but we're going to kick right into this because we know he's going to give us some good knowledge. He's an <laughs> Emmy-nominated music director, professional upright electric bassist, composer and music educator originally from none other than Tampa Champa Bay. Yes. Bay. Yes. Hope you like that. Super Bowl champs. Super Bowl, Super Bowl champs. Let's go. Better because he completed his Bachelor of Arts in Music from Florida State University in 2009 oh, and oh. his Master's in Music and Jazz Studies in the spring of 2016. And you know, currently he's down there doing this thing at the FGCU, basketball band director, the jazz study director, you name it, he's in Fort Myers. He's doing an amazing job down there. And I, he's sometimes he's out on tour. You may see him on the big stage. Maybe you saw him on a stage with the world famous Count Basie Orchestra, led by mm. Scotty Barnhart. Hmm. Now, mm. I was fortunate enough to see him on stage with the vocalist Carmen Bradford. But let's not, you know, stop there. Jason Marcellus, Marcus Roberts, Marty Morrell, and the great Wyclef Gordon. 
So he has the resume. So I know he's going to tell us some great things. So he's a great band leader. He's been on national stages. And you're fortunate enough today because he's going to be right here in front of you. But if you want to hear some of his music, you are very fortunate because you can find it on iTunes, any of the top 200. I mean, wherever you look, you're going to find his album, which is called Based on a True Story. He debuted that fall 2009 and it reached all the way number 16 on the top iTunes top 200 release. So without any further ado, Professor Brandon Robertson, the stage is all yours. Let's go. Okay, uh, I probably don't need to say anything else after that. That's just, I'm done. Thank you guys. Thank you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, come on, everyone. Seriously, come on. Come on. You can't take them seriously right now, right? That was wonderful. Thank you, Mr. Cronoto. Thank you. Love you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, of course, to everyone who's watching, thank you very much for tuning in. And, as usual, thank you to the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Foundation. I love you guys. You guys are family. And we're going to continue as usual, as, as, as the statement goes, to educate our youth and keep jazz alive because it is alive and it's thriving, flourishing. So for today's topic, Professor needs to drop some knowledge. Now, recently, I had the prestige honor of teaching some jazz camps down here in my area near the Fort Myers Naples area. And got to work with wonderful students, wonderful students, talented students. And particularly, I got to work with an amazing and very eclectic rhythm section of different levels of playing. So we had beginners, we had some intermediates, and then I had a few advanced players. And so what I learned from this camp is what I like to talk about today. And it works out perfectly that this is the last session that I can end for this month on this particular topic because I didn't realize how important it is that the rhythm section understands the chart. And if rhythm section players don't understand the chart that they're playing, it is very hard to function as a group, as a whole. And I mean a group, not just the rhythm section, the horns that are playing with the group, whoever is involved with that particular tune, it'll be hard for it to function because the rhythm section has no just of understanding of what's happening. So today we're gonna to split this into two topics, okay? So I want y'all to follow me here. Topic number one, we're gonna talk about how to understand the chart that you're performing. And what I mean by that is if you're a young rhythm section player starting out, if you're a bass player, I'm a bass player, for instance, and you don't understand how your bass lines are supposed to function while you're walking, right? If you don't understand how the bass lines are supposed to function or walking, then how would you know? How would you actually know how to navigate through the chart, right? And then if you're a drummer, if you don't understand the form of the chart, if you say, oh, it's just swing, but what if there's transitions, right? Because all songs have a transition. When you go to a new section of the song, there's a transition that you have to do. And most of the time, there is a setup. So if you don't know how to do that, again, that's something understanding you, uh, you know, how the chart works. And same thing goes for pianists. 
So that's one that's one area. But then the second area is the one that I feel that is the most important. And here's what I found not trouble troubling, but maybe just something I would need to address. The second topic is knowing that when you're needing to transpose a, a, a chart and you don't know how to do that, then there are certain techniques that you can do to fundamentally function and know what's going on. All right. So I always I'm gonna go back to topic number one. When you're in high school, okay, and I've worked with several high schools, and the high schoolers that I worked with in this camp all have or started on their own, which I thought was amazing, started combos because they found that, oh, these records that I'm checking out were smaller groups and they're not necessarily big bands. So I'm going to take the lead in, you know, started putting together my own group and learning how to play these songs. Okay, that's cool. Now, when you have a member in the rhythm section that does not know how to do that, there is a there's a crutch to it. And so what I would like to what I, what I would suggest is for for younger musicians. Here's number one. When you when you get a chart that you want to take first, know the key signature. That's the very first thing that you need to address. I cannot tell you. When I sat in this camp, when we started playing and there were sections where they had to walk and they 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 started doing something different. And I stopped and said, like, for, my, for instance, the bass player, I'm like, what are you doing? And they'll go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just walking, you know, and I'm like, well, what are you playing? What what scale? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of going off of what what's changing around me. I'm like, well, play with the what, what key we're in. You know, so for an F, we're playing an F. You know, we're not playing no other key. And so there's this disconnect of when I see something that does not have notes written out, I can just go off of whatever I'm hearing or feeling. And that's true when you're improvising. But when you're having to establish harmony, you have to know theoretically what you're doing. You can't just jump into it. And that's what I mean by... The, the transposition of knowing the chart. So if you're, I always start with blues, you know, and I tell, you know, tell the younger high school, the high school students I was working with, I said, hey guys, we're gonna start with a blues. Okay, we're gonna do C. No flats, no sharps. Easy. Okay. I taught them the blues form, the 12 bar blues. Then I explained to each of them, okay, when someone calls a blues, in a different key, when you're learning to transpose, you need to know the Roman numeral system of how this form works. So if you get on a gig or go to a jam session, and let's say they call a blues in a key that you haven't either A, worked out, or B, you're not familiar with, and you just so happen you have to play, you need to know that system and know how that system is in relation to whatever key you're in. So when I explained that to the high schoolers, I said, I wrote out the Roman numerals. So if I was in, you know, the, the first uh, chord in the blues is on the one. So one seven, because it's a dominant. So I write the Roman numeral one, okay? And then I write a Roman numeral four in the next measure. So I continue to do this cycle all the way to the very end, okay? After I wrote that out, then I explained to them, okay, you're going from the one to the four to the one 
You can go to the one again. So I'm being very, very uh, basic. And then the four, you can four again, the one. And then here you can go to the six or you can stay on the one. And then you can do a two, a minor two, a dominant five to one, or you can go five, four, one, five. So I wrote those Roman, Roman numerals out and did in those different variations. So they understood that there's different types of blues that people play and there's different standard forms. So if you're talking about the jazz standard form that everybody plays, you just go to the six and then you do a two, five back to the one standard. And there's different variations in substitution chords you can use, but I just broke it down to them that where how they would understood that understand that. So we had this camp for eight days, and for the next seven days after that first day, I would call the blues in a different key. And so I would have them think about what key or what scale is where key we're in, and they'll think about the scale degrees. So if, let's say we were going to B flat. So if they say, well, we're going to the one, well, then to four. So they would count up, and they say, okay, so I guess it's E flat. There you go. Okay, so you see how that works. And so that was my way of teaching them how to transpose on the spot. Okay, and that is very common for rhythm section players. So to my young musicians who are going to watch, who are watching this, who are watch this, understand that other the other part of your role is doing things simultaneously on the spot. And most of the time, most major, not not all the time, but most of the time, they will usually call a song that is easy for the rhythm, easier for the rhythm section to transpose on the spot. Not in a weird key like C sharp or F sharp or B or something, something where it's like you have to really, you have to really know theory very well or think about it very well or have a very intuitive ear to hear that key and just do it. Right. There's some folks that can just do it that, that there, there are a lot of folks out there that can do it. But if theoretically that there is a way to learn how to do that. So that's my way of teaching rhythm, sec young rhythm section players, how to do that, learning the Roman numeral system. And actually, here's the other cool part about that. You could take that same concept and then apply that on other standards and other tunes that you want to learn. Right. So, for instance, right. I can look, oh, well, actually, yeah, for instance, so again, if you're doing a song like All the Things You Are, that's a, that's a common jazz standard, right? You start on the minor six, okay? And so when you write out that Roman numeral, then you go through each chord and you're writing that out. So now let's say, hypothetically, you go in a jam session and they don't call it in the key of a flat in, the, in its original key they don't call it in that key now that's a very that's a very involved tune because it has a lot of changes and it's a very involved tune to sit there and think about you know how to transpose but if you again if you learn that concept and there's a way to practice that my the way of doing and practicing that is taking a blues or something very simple with simple changes and doing it every day in a different key just one key don't try to go through it in one day all 12 keys you take one day per key and by that and and so going back to my example earlier with those students i was working with at this camp 
that's exactly what they did. By the end of the camp, they knew at least eight keys they can play a blues in and they could transpose on a spot. By the end of the camp, I would just call a random key and they did it. And they're like, oh my gosh, I did it. See, so I say, see, now that's a skill that you have. So the next level to that skill is how do I apply that on a song that I don't know and someone calls it in a key that I don't know? So that's one of the methods. So the next tier, now the next tier to that, aside from just learning the, the Roman, Roman numerals is now understanding, okay, the form, all right? Now, a lot of these jazz standards have, some of them, a lot, a lot of them have the same forms in terms of, their, of, of, their, of the way they're structured. So if you end up playing a bunch of songs that have the same common form, then you at least understand that if you get put on a spot, you know how to navigate your way through it. If you don't necessarily know the changes, but you know the form well enough to kind of hear your way through. Now, as a bass player, tell you from a bass player's perspective, if you're struggling with that, the first person you need to listen to is the pianist, because obviously they're hitting the chords. And if they're great pianists and they have really great voicings, then you will be able to hear kind of how the harmony is moving to where your your root note needs to move. OK, and it's very easy to pick it up. OK, it's very easy to pick it up. Also, another way is from a bass player listening to that uh, same method is the drummer if they transition. So if you're like trying to figure out like, OK, you're counting the formula. OK, I don't know how many measures. I don't know the form of this. But then if the drummer knows the song very well, for instance, and they play a transition, then if you were counting, then you're like, OK, I know this section has X amount of measures before the drummer does something to go to a new, a new section, a new section. So that's another way of hearing and trying to figure out, OK, what's going on? That's that is also transposing. OK, because of knowing a form, if you you know how many times. A bass player or a drummer will get called up or they'll come play and somebody will call a song that they don't know and they're like, uh, I'm not sure what to do. And you hear this from more seasoned musicians, you'll hear, don't worry about it, you'll hear it. Now, that is, <laughs> I don't know if that would send a young player into a frenzy because I know for me when I was that age, that's exactly what happened when I got put on a spot and they're like, don't worry, you'll hear it. I don't know what I'm supposed to be hearing and I don't know how to figure it out. But what ends up happening is in the moment you find yourself concentrating, your your engaging is at a very high altitude, it's very high at that point. So everything is all your senses and everything is very at a high alert. And so your awareness around you is going to be a lot stronger than it normally would. So what you may think that you can't do in the moment, you'll actually end up doing it. So, again, learning those two concepts from that standpoint will at least help you get your way through the first, the first, uh, I, I would say the first tier of knowing how to transpose. Okay. Now, from drummers and pianists, I spent, I just, I spent a little bit on basses. Now, from the drummers and this pianist standpoint, I would say that if you're a pianist, if you're a young pianist, I would not probably sit in on songs that you know that have a lot of chords if you're not able to just transpose like that. Because 
your role is very important in the rhythm section in terms of harmony. So the bass player can only do so much at that point, but the pianist has to hold down the harmony. So if they're if they struggle with you know if you struggle with just trying to outline or, or at least lay down a simple voicing that would make very clear what you what how the harmony is moving then i would not suggest for you if you're at a jam session and they say oh let's play giant steps do not go sit in because i promise you you will you will crash and burn it would be very very obvious go back and listen to the original recording you hear what i'm talking about so now no pun intended of course uh also from the drummer's standpoint okay if you don't uh uh oh sorry guys sorry we had a short shortage for a second my cord came off anyways for the drummers if you are a drummer and you get called up and you're like i don't know this tune then again the person that you would need to listen to surprisingly would be the bass player not you can go to listen to the pianist first but the bass player only because the bass player if they know the song very well they can also play a certain way to outline the transition to the next to the next section okay and usually a lot of times what i've seen happen is when you're when you're trying to learn a form if you don't know the song very well you need to go and listen to the song first but don't listen to it to just say okay i'm listening to it so i can memorize it that is the wrong way to listen okay and that's the trap that the young rhythm sections that i was working with in this camp were doing they would go listen to the song and they'll come back and say okay yeah i know it and i'm like no it doesn't work that way and they said no i know it and then when i asked them to play it they didn't know what to do and i said oh exactly you missed my point you didn't you wouldn't know what to listen for okay so when you're going to listen to a song to learn it you need to study it like learn it like you if you were memorizing your favorite song most of the time people would learn the lyrics first so in this case you would learn the melody the, the melody okay figure out what the melody is because if you know the melody you know the beginning to the end so that right there alone is giving you a lot of information already without you having to sit there and dissect it okay because if you count how long it takes from you to get from the beginning to the end then that right there covers the form right if you know in between that that there's something different that right there tells you that there are sections that have different harmonies so you're covering a lot of things in one without having to do a lot of work even though it does take work to involve to learn a song but i'm trying to give you a, a premise of what you can actually do and break down without having to overwhelm yourself okay so from that perspective if the pianist isn't sure what's going on lean to the basis because the basis is also outlining the harmony but they're also counting the transition and thus for the drummer as well now if it happens from both ends and the drummer ends up being the person that has to hold it down then what the other two uh members would need to do is rely on the form okay and surprisingly there's two things that might can happen to a rhythm section player a young rhythm section player if that happens if you're playing with a seasoned musician like a, a hornet a horn player they will more than likely outline the changes for you like they'll start playing patterns and i've seen that 
happened multiple multiple times where they'll just play patterns up and down, up and down, up and down for, through like maybe like two or three courses before they hear that the rhythm section is starting to pick up what's happening. And then once they feel that the rhythm section has a lock of lock in on the harmony and with the form, then they start to stretch out and do whatever. So that is another way of engaging. But for the younger musicians, for transposing in terms of like how to hear and do it on the spot, you have to practice that. So I always suggest for high schoolers to start with blues. Learn as many blues heads as you can. OK, I, there's a there's a website called Jazz. I think it's Learn Jazz Standards and they have a list on that website. They actually have a list of like all like different, like all the blues is like blues that you can find out there and, and all the blues forms are blues heads. So you could click on one of those songs and it'll show you like the form and, 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 the, and, the, and the melody of, the, of that uh, particular tune. And so I told those students at the camp, go to that website and, and try to go through this list you know and learn as many of these blues heads so that way you get a premise of like what what might get called and also learning when you when you when you learn a jazz standard learn it in different keys okay don't just learn it in the in the key that is that you hear it at a jam session like oh they played in the b flat so that's the only key people call it in i promise you that is not true i fell for that the first time i actually sat in at a jam session in new york and boy i learned the hard way embarrassed myself and luckily the cats there at the, at the venue i won't say the venue because it's a very big popular venue and i was i was i'm just so embarrassed that I, that happened however though nobody in that establishment scrutinized me they didn't talk down on me what ended up happening was when i told them where i was from the very first thing they said was yeah you know what's funny is cats will move here or cats will come here from different states and just expect that that's what it is so you know a lot of times we tell folks that you know from out of town you know not that it's not like that everywhere but you know just you know just listen you know just check it out because then you end up learning you, you learn a lot of stuff on the on the scene and then you end up learning like okay this is what people do this is the kind of so you'll figure out like if you're able to do that kind of thing or not okay so the the more smart decision for the younger musicians is if you do the work on the back end the things i was suggesting to you if you do the work on the back end then what ends up happening is when you go to a jam session you're able to just do it so if somebody says hey uh i don't play all of me in c uh i play it in b flat so you're like okay so all i'm doing is just from thinking b flat then i'm just going down a half uh, a whole step excuse me so all right so now i know the chords because i know the roman i know the form so i just need to take that system and just go down a whole you know what i'm saying and that starts to become second nature all right but that's that's the way that you you would need to start to practice that but my other from like i've said in previous sessions as well you just have to listen you have to listen to a a, a, a multitude of records and understand how the music is it's it's it's, it's all recycled but people variate it so if you understand that language and how people are variating it then you have the options and so you don't want to just restrict yourself. So, again, when you're practicing and you're learning different standards, I always and I told the students here at this camp too, take another key center 
that you're not comfortable with and learn it in that key. So that way, if you can do it in that hard key that makes you uncomfortable, all the other keys that are called will be like this. And that's exactly what was starting to happen. Okay. So to, 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 to kind of bring it, to kind of bring it all in one, if you're going to get together and you're going to learn some tunes I'm talking to high school, you know, students, if you're going to get together and learn some tunes with your friends or for school for, or an event, whatnot, the very first thing I would do is make sure that if you're going to learn from a chart, which I would always say, learn off the record, just use your ears. But if you're someone that really needs to like kind of go from that standpoint, which is nothing wrong with it, I have nothing to say bad about that. Um, then find you a credible source. You know, you use the Jamie Abersall, something that's, or the, or the more updated real books, something that has a very more credible chord changes and melody. And then you want to study and outline, like mark off the sections. And I showed the students in, in, in uh, camp how to do that. You know, when you take a chart and you just kind of mark off like, okay, this is the A section. Okay. And then there's a repeat sign. There's two first ending and a second ending. So that means there's two A sections, right? So we already covered that ground. Then we have this B section. That's another eight. And then we have this last A section. That's another eight. So you have two sections of 16 but they're just broken up nate you got 32 so now you know when you're learning the song and if it goes in that kind of form then you know okay this is a 32 bars form okay this is a a b a. okay cool so now you're 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 shaving off a lot of the hard work so these are like things that you want to like master in your practice okay don't wait you know don't don't wait until the last minute and try to do this you know you know, right before you have to actually try to apply it, you know, when you're playing or whatever. But again, start off by learning the form, marking it off, and then go do the same thing by writing the Roman numerals with the chord changes. And then you're, you're so what you're doing is analyzing the chart. And based off of that information, once you know how to do that, you don't have to do that every single time when you're learning a song. That's just the process you would go through. So that way, if you ever get in a situation where you just have to play it in a different key, you know how to do it mentally in on the spot where it doesn't like overwhelm you. So and on that note, that's how I would, you know, suggest for, you know, the students and younger folks to uh, learn how to transpose from the rhythm section standpoint. Professor, <laughs> you said a lot of great things here, man. I, I'm taking a bunch of notes. One thing that brought home me is knowing your key mm -hmm. that's important you'd be so you would be so amazed of how many people out here really couldn't tell you what's in the key of e or b because they're so used to playing in f b flat e flat and they think they're never going to encounter any of these charts and those keys and when it happens it's like oh my gosh what happened to you? can i can i piggyback off of that real quick absolutely okay so what i experienced in college i felt victim of that my junior year i joined uh i joined this pop band and it was a it was like a local blue like a local blues pop band 
in Tallahassee. And these cats was heavy. Like, they were heavy cats, man. Like, they weren't no joke. Like, these dudes can play. You know, they local, but they can they can, they can, can run circles around cats, you know, and people knew it. They were, the, the music community respect them. Cats in the industry respect them. So I knew they had clout. So I was like, all right, you know, they took this young, guy, this young kid here and let them play with them. But I was a jazz major, right? So a lot of this, what you just said, I was the kid that did that until I started playing other music. So that's the very important thing to as a rhythm section. When you play jazz, you end up knowing how to transpose other music very quickly very quickly and what ended up happening was i played in this band and then i learned the catalog of stevie wonder and let me tell you folks you young folks something that grows up in the household that plays stevie wonder a lot of his music is not in b flat or f some of it is in b some of it is in c sharp some of it is in e some of it d Whatever Stevie is feeling in that moment and what he feels in his heart to lay out and whatever key that comes out, that's what you're going to get on wax. And so when I joined that band, I had to understand that, wow, my ear is really not that strong in other genres only because what I do so strongly here in jazz, I can hear it very intuitively in this key but in other keys it sounds so foreign to me that it's, I sound wrong you know what I'm saying does that make sense so uh, having that kind of uh, having that having that understanding like you said like the keys like you know really pushing yourself that's why I mentioned I say learn a, a standard transpose a standard in a key that you know will make you uncomfortable because then you would really have to learn how to master that kind of thinking. And imagine if you can do it at that level and simplify, but still stay there. Doing it in the key of like E flat or A flat, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Or D or E. That That's the prim that's the whole concept of what I was trying to get to when I was explaining that part. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I've always heard, start with something simple. as like, um, happy birthday. You know, one of my mentors used to say, be able to play happy birthday in every single key, just for the interval so you can hear different things. Um, but, you know, what we do on the spot, you don't have a lot of time to ask around. And here's another addition. If you're out and you're playing with vocalists, now that adds a whole nother element. You may have practiced that song and you know it's right. And the vocalist say, you know what? It's a little too high for me. Can you bring it down a half step? Bring down a whole step. And that right there could be a very exposing moment for you <laughs> if you're not used to that. Now, now let me let me go off of that for a second. Uh, now, you remember how I said there was two parts to it, right? Uh-oh. Okay. All right. So... Not that I was neglecting to not talk about that part, but that is a whole nother sector because in, in and this is why, like, I'm, I'm going to give you two sides of it. In the vocalist defense, they have no clue what they're getting. They have to trust that whoever in the rhythm section knows what's happening, 
knows how to convey that language to everybody else in the in this in the in the group in that particular section. Flip it though. We don't know exactly who we're playing with. So we don't know exactly what they know theoretically. So what if they start singing and what they told us is not what we're hearing? Now, how many times have that that's happened, right? Now, that's why I said there's two sides to it. Because obviously, at the end of the day, all parties need to be comfortable and know individually what their role is and what they're supposed to do. But when a rhythm section is asked to transpose on the spot for a vocalist, you, in that moment, have no say-so. You have to do it. Because at the end of the day, they are the lead voice. And it has nothing to do with the vocals. We're talking about the melody of the song. So whoever in the group has the lead voice, you have to accompany, you have to support that. So I had to learn very early in college when I started playing with vocalists. As a rhythm section player, I was seeing, and this is where the smart, this, I'm, this is, I'm speaking to all the youngsters now. This is where you have to get smart. You have to watch people for, for a minute. When you go sit in and there's a vocalist, and usually the cats that get called back the most are the ones that don't ever ask. They just do it. They never really have to sit there and trip about, well, I don't really feel comfortable in this key. Can you do this? All right, cool. Let's, yeah, let's, let's see what's up. And they just do it. And that vocalist is like, wow, okay, this is great. I dig. And then next thing you know, they're all over the scene working while you sitting here like, oh, man, man, call it an A. I know it in B. I don't know it in A. Now, is that necessarily the vocalist's fault? Because if you're a musician, you're kind of expected to know these things. It's expected of us without no one really telling us. It's like when someone, you play in the top 40 band and they give you a whole list of songs to learn. Nobody ain't going to tell you that you have to learn it, but you need to know all those songs before you get to that gig. Because there's a chance you might get called on a song that you might have thought that we weren't going to play. And then at the end of the night, it gets called. So that hat, I'm telling y'all right now. So when you're even playing with a vocalist, per se, you have to be very, you, you theoretically, you have to be very in sync and what that vocalist is doing because you're that support system. So you have no say so to tell that vocalist, nah, we don't do it in that key, especially if they hired you. And even more if you coming in as a sub, because I've seen that happen. <laughs> I can tell you that on the front. A long time ago, I saw a piano player say that to a vocalist. Like, no, you're going to do it in this key because we don't know it in that key. And I looked at him like, well, now, hold up. You speaking for yourself. I was cool with that key. But you if you don't know it. Don't speak for me. And the drummer was like, I mean, keys don't matter. Keys matter, but they kind of don't matter. I, just, I know the form. I know that much. So don't ever assume. Don't ever assume that just because a vocalist doesn't know um, just because they don't know the key that 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 they're not commenting what's going on. No, they just it's their range. If they're comfortable with, hey, I can do it here. Then you should be comfortable with saying, let's let's make the adjustment. 
And again, it goes back to my concept with if you transpose a song in a key that it's, will make you uncomfortable, then being in that kind of situation won't make you uncomfortable because you've already worked that out. You have already worked it out. So, yeah, definitely had to jump on that. Absolutely. And and I will tell you, if, if you can follow a vocalist and they feel confident with you, mm -hmm. you're going to get a different type of performance from mm -hmm. the vocalist because if they don't feel secure and it doesn't have to be a vocalist it can be any instrument mm -hmm. if they feel like you're kind of shaky the form's not tight he is real um you know a suspect they're not going to feel confident they're not and the audience is not going to get the best performance and the best mm -hmm. of us have played it all but I will say this in closing soon. Um, one of the best training grounds I've ever seen for this type of stuff is the church. Mm. I that because you, there was times that even when I played, you walked in, you don't, you didn't even know what they were going to play. They would just start singing. And then they look over at you like, you got about five seconds to find this and play it. So, and if you didn't play it, there was usually five other guys sitting right on the bench waiting for you to go ahead and hop up and give me that spot. So that environment, a lot of your professional musicians, they are picking up those type of musicians because they know, I would say the pressure, it was, it was a good pressure because it helped mm -hmm. you move and think quickly and mm -hmm. catch those keys and flow. That's something you can only kind of get in those type of environments. And not saying you can't get it in the practice room, but mm -hmm. those, sometimes those environments are some of the best environments where you have to come out of that comfort zone. But, mm -hmm. you know, Professor, I think we are out of time for the day. And maybe we need to do uh -huh. round two of this. Cause this round two? Great. Maybe round two, part two. We'll see. We can you know, get this going next week. Let's get it. I'm, I'm how ready. about it? You know, if you guys want right. to see a part two, you know, Let you us can know. always email us over yeah, there on yeah. our website <laughs> info yeah. at clearwaterjazz.com and say, you know uh, what, we want a part two part of the two. professor. And Please, let's get a part two in, people. Let's get that request in. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. Speak that into fruition. Yeah. And we thank you guys for coming out today. And uh, just please continue to share what you're hearing here at Clearwater Jazz and these Young Line virtual sessions. And they are offered for free. Share it with a, a young musician. Share it with a seasoned musician. Maybe it's an educator out there that's trying to help their students get in tune with this music that we call jazz, that we love. Yeah. And they need yeah. a little extra help. This is a perfect tool to put in front of those students so they can excel and get the knowledge. So thank you again, Professor. And thank we always you. enjoy your sessions. And we're looking forward to seeing you again out in the community playing. And yes, sir. The audience coming back here for our next session. So y'all have a good one and keep it swinging. Y'all keep it swinging, everyone. Thank y'all very much. All right. Take care. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Clearwater Jazz Holidays, Young Lions Jazz Master Virtual Sessions. Thank you to our friends at Marine Max Clearwater for helping to present this podcast series. To learn more about the Clearwater Jazz Holiday Annual Festival tradition, other special events throughout the year, and our year-round education and outreach, please visit clearwaterjazz.com.